I'm so excited that you decided to join me on the Empowered Moments broadcast. We're going to have a great time. You may be driving to work. You may be taking care of kids, or you might be in your office and you just need to take a break. This is motivation for you to create the future you want instead of tolerating the future that you get. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. Bishop Paul Wondercheck here on the Empowered Moments broadcast. I am so excited today. It's 2021. Can you believe it? We made it through 2020. Hallelujah. We made it through 2020. 2021 seems to be better. Uh, we still got some real wacko leaders in office. Uh, I don't think that's ever going to change. I think the political systems are designed to be corrupt. Let me just end the political debate once and for all. I don't believe we are in any type of two-party system. I believe that we are a one-party system. And I simply believe that both parties work for the same boss. So the Democrats do what they want to do, and the Republicans do what they want to do. When the Democrats uh, do something illegal, the Republicans sit back and stay passive about it. Every Jezebel needs an Ahab. And Jezebel and Ahab work together as leadership. So I believe the Democratic Party is Jezebel and the Republican Party is Ahab. And an Ahab spirit is a passive spirit. Indifference is the greatest sin. Good, uh, uh, evil prevails when good people do nothing. We're talking about evil today on my brand new book, Leviathan, understanding how evil operates and how to overcome it. Because we see an increase in evil, it's getting darker and darker in our country, more corruption, um, uh, all kinds of things that are absolutely uh, unacceptable in our society have been deemed good, have been deemed evil's called good and good is called evil. And so indifference to that is probably the greatest sin. The fact that we don't stand up against injustice and say, listen, we are not going to tolerate this because it seems like the media is telling you which injustices to stand up for. And some aren't injustices at all. They create injustice, whereas the injustices that are real, the media remains silent about. Because I believe the real cult in today's society is the cancel culture. You can take the U-R-E letters off the word culture and just end it cancel cult. It is a cult called the media that has decided to brainwash this younger generation by telling them uh, not to be open to the debate and opinions and perspectives of others, but to throw those other people away and cancel them if they have different perspectives. Mr. Potato Head, poor guy, been canceled. Aunt Jemima, poor lady, been canceled. Dr. Seuss now is deemed racist, been canceled. Christians, they want to cancel them. Common sense, they want to cancel. Science, they want to cancel science because now they say, that you can't call your dog good boy or good girl. You, you can't call your dog that because you're putting the pressure on them of a gender, which they have to choose themselves. Okay, it's getting really stupid out there, folks. It's getting really stupid, but stupid has a passion to be heard. Evil, listen, my one of my best friends, Dr. Jerry Grillo, 
We were talking the other day, and he said, listen, Satan can only operate where you're ignorant. Satan, in the book of Jude, the Bible says the angels that left their domain and disobeyed God in rebellion have been chained in darkness until now. That doesn't mean that the angels, the fallen angels are chained in a place that the lights are turned off. Darkness in the Bible is ignorance. These angels have been chained in places of ignorance. God said your domain, the only place you can dwell, is in stupid, in ignorance. Satan is only as powerful as you are stupid. That's why the Bible says the glory of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. That's what the Bible says. Wisdom is the principal thing uh, because knowledge is the beginning. Knowledge of God is the beginning. That's why the tree of the knowledge of good and evil uh, was what God told Adam and Eve not to eat from and Satan tempted them to eat from that tree. Because knowledge and wisdom aren't the same things. Facts and truth aren't the same thing. We need to operate in the, in the realm of wisdom and truth. And knowledge is the result of that. But listen, listen, they're making up terms now. Uh, they're calling murdering babies health care. Um, they're requiring an ID for vaccination, but now no ID for voting. Uh, they're passing laws that say mail-in ballots will, will be something they do every year because they got away with, uh, they got away with cheating. And once they get away with it, they're going to make it a way of life because we were indifferent and we allowed them to do it. So evil is on a rampage. So I had to write a book called Leviathan. How does evil operate? How do you identify evil? And there's some keys here. So I want to read a little bit. What is evil? That is a great question. It deserves more exploration. According to Bible, the Bible, evil is in the heart of man. Evil is initiated by the devil, but people seem to do all right destroying each other without a devil. Maybe this analogy will help you to understand where evil comes from. People say God is totally good, and yes, he is. The devil is totally bad, and yes, he is. But God created the devil. Yes, he did. The devil used to be an archangel called Lucifer. The Bible tells us that Lucifer was an anointed cherub, anointed to lead worship in heaven. It says in Ezekiel 28, 13 through 14, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, and the beryl, and the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the corn, uh, corbuncle, and the gold, and the workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Lucifer was an archangel. He was a created being. And this, this passage said he had golden pipes that were, that were built into him because he was the praise leader in heaven. He led the chorus of angels to praise God. This passage is amazing because it shows you what the devil was before he became evil and twisted. He had diamonds and precious stones and gold pipes and tabrets, which basically means rhythms or drums. He was pretty iced out. With every step Lucifer took, praise would come out, out of him. Music would literally emanate from his being. All the hosts of heaven would roar as he led the great choruses and symphonies of praise to God who sits on the throne. Lucifer had power, influence, and authority, but he lost it. Something crept into his heart that caused him to become evil. He began to dishonor God. So where did this evil or darkness come from? Well, let's study what darkness really is. Darkness is not actually a thing. Light is. Darkness is only what's left after light is removed. If you open your window at night, darkness doesn't come out, but light shines out. Darkness doesn't come in, but light, light shines out. Darkness is only what is left after you remove the light. It's the same with cold. Air conditioning techs will tell you that cooling your house is not about blowing cold air in, but removing the hot air. Because cold is not a thing, heat is. Cold doesn't come in when you open your door, but heat escapes. Cold is simply what's left when you remove the heat. So if darkness is what's left when you remove the light, 
and cold is what is left when you remove the heat, then evil is what's left when you remove God. So how did Lucifer become evil? He removed his honor from God, from his heart. He stopped engaging with God. How do you become a devil hanging out with God? How do you become a Judas hanging out with Jesus? When you remove God, evil is what's left. So when the Bible said God created evil, it doesn't mean that God said, hmm, I'm going to create a force that's going to harm people. No, when God created good, when God created uh, the heavens and all the good, there was an automatic law that God created that when you remove him, evil will be present. So God didn't create evil. He just created a law that says when he is taken out of the picture, evil is what's left. So the absence of God is evil. The absence of joy is 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 depression. The absence of... of um, of peace is strife. So, so there's a law in the spirit realm that whatever you remove that God created, something evil will take over. That's what's left. I hope you understand that principle. It's very powerful. So, so when you remove God, evil is what's left. When you take the Bible out of schools, then you have what you see today, total evil and degradation. You go through the motions, but it's not in your heart. You dishonor him in your mind. The original definition for sin is to wander from the path of honor. Sin is to choose an inferior path that God has ordained that God has not ordained. Sin is choosing an inferior path that God did not ordain. Lucifer began to be jealous of God and feel like God was leaving him out intentionally. Now we know this because uh, that is what he said to Eve in the garden. He said, did God really say? Translation, God's holding out on you. God knows that if you eat this fruit, you will know everything and he doesn't want you to know everything. The devil began peddling lack that God did not want uh, Adam and Eve to really have. That's right. Everything because he wouldn't let them have the tree. So, so that must make God bad. The reason God had to put, the, the reason evil exists is so we can have a choice to choose good. God created good and evil obviously is the result of removing good or the absence of good. So if there was no evil, we could never have a choice. You can't choose good when evil's not an option. Good is automatic. But God wanted us to have a will. God gave us a free will, so evil has to be in order for us to have the ability to choose. He said in Deuteronomy, I set before you life, death, and life. Choose. I set before you life and death. Choose. You have to choose with the act of your will what it is that you desire to accomplish. And God is hoping that you'll choose the good side. Whoo, that's good. I, man, evil is anything that is inferior to God's best. Evil is anything that desires to rob another of God's best. Evil always makes the good guy out to be the bad guy. It's called rebellion. So when the enemy wants to wants you to remove God from your life, he convinces you that God is not good. That is why the Bible calls the devil the accuser. Here are seven strategies of evil against leadership. Accuse, discredit, deceive, defame, dishonor, dilute, and replace. Evil always attempts to attack everything good. Everything evil hates everything good. Remember, evil always attacks the head. It always goes to the top because evil discredits God so that it can be the one in charge. Remember, Lucifer thought if he could only be like God. So if evil is not in charge but wants to be in charge, how does it become the one in charge? Simply by discrediting the one currently in charge as evil. Remember that the serpent in the garden 
went to Eve so that he could allow Eve to get to Adam. He wanted the head. He wanted the place of authority. So the way to beat the good guy is to make him out to be the bad guy. That's the title of this chapter. Try to discredit the good guy in some way so as to turn his followers away from him. This is the formula for how rebellion works. Number one, first evil accuses you of what it is actually guilty of. Then it encourages everyone that you are bad and to hate you. Then it inserts itself as the best option to replace you. First, the devil or evil creates a narrative about you in order to control the thinking of others and influence their opinions of you as a leader, their opinion of you as a leader. The devil attempts to create a narrative in your own mind in order to keep you limited and weak, and this is how he does it. If you're being tempted, it will always be to be something common or inferior to God's best for you. The devil will never tempt you uh, with wisdom or self-discipline. The devil will never tempt you to, uh, to give or to worship God. Everything the devil tempts you to do is to make you common. He will always tempt you with what is common. If you are attracted to common, then you will find yourself an easy target for the enemy. But if you desire to live in the world of exceptional, then you will begin to live on the God level or the God zone. Don't let common things steal your focus. Don't let common people draw you away from your future. The future that God has ordained for you. Some people have 50 friends to party with, but not one friend they can do business with. That is a common life. The enemy is trying to create a narrative in your mind that keeps you marginalized and locked into a common existence. We must deal with these false narratives in our mind. Before we can enter the world of the uncommon life. We live in a world where the news media of today is not interested in telling the story, but they want to create the story. Mm. They want to tell you what to believe instead of reporting the news and letting you decide. The devil works the same way. He's not interested in getting you to make one bad decision. He's interested in creating a mindset in you that will continue to make bad decisions over a period of time. I call that a narrative. People believe what they keep on hearing, even if it's not true. That is why the news media can use the disease or virus to create a panic and manipulate the masses, even if the numbers they're reporting are fabricated. If people keep on hearing it, they will start to believe it. The enemy perpetrates lies in our mind that if we hear it enough times, we will start to believe it. Here are seven narratives that the enemy plants in your mind. Now I'm about to wrap this up. The enemy will say, number one, it'll always be like this. Number two, no one will ever love you. Number three, everybody has it together but you. Number four, there's something wrong with you. Number five, you need to fix yourself. This is the best you'll ever be. Number six, number seven, you're going to lose everything. These narratives are designed to keep you dishonoring yourself and not seeing yourself for who you really are. Now, once you develop your mind and get free from evil thinking, then you become influential, and now the enemy has to stop you from influencing, other, the, uh, influencing others. This is where the formula for evil that I mentioned earlier begins to develop. Now the enemy knows that he cannot stop you from thinking successfully, but now he's got to stop you from influencing others. So he will once again create a narrative, but not in your mind but in the minds of those who follow your leadership. Here's the formula for evil attack. Number one, first evil accuses you of what it is actually doing. And I said it before, then it encourages everyone uh, that you are bad and to hate you. Then it asserts itself as the best option to replace you. So this is how the devil takes your authority and uses it against you as a leader. Oh, another point. Evil will always enter your life or attack your life through a person. Someone that 
you trust. Someone you don't trust can't hurt you. So someone in your leadership or inner circle will be influenced by evil. Every leader has a Judas. In fact, Jesus didn't say Judas had a devil. He said Judas was a devil. John 60 verse 7 says, tell us. Then Jesus replied, have I not chosen you, the 12, yet one of you is a devil? Anything that attempts to block your purpose here on earth is a devil. The devil's are the sellouts, the ones that throw you under the bus and operate in dishonor. They will accuse you of wrongdoing, even though it is they who committed this wrongdoing in the first place. Then they will get others to believe that you are not good, and then they are a, that they are a better option to replace you. That, my friend, is Lucifer's playbook. It is the ancient strategy of rebellion, in, initiated by Lucifer, accuse God of wrong, Number two, convince everybody that God is not good. And number three, insert themselves as a better option. Lo and behold, now you have a coup. The leader has been uh, discredited and the evil one has taken control. Now, everything that they promised to be better at than the leader they discredited, they failed to perform. Evil always overpromises and underperforms. My God, I said a mouthful there. You're going to have to hit pause and listen to that one phrase at a time. Because that was incredible. And my brand new book, Leviathan, will be a blessing to you if you're a leader of an organization, a leader of a church, a leader of a nonprofit, a leader of a family, any organization, any family. This is a book that you need to give you the wisdom to recognize when you are under attack and give you the authority and the tools to tap into that authority. God's given you the authority through his word, but this book will help you use the tools that God has given you uh, to, to, you know what, I say... If you have a family, family is like a garden. Your organization is like a garden. Uh, your company is like a garden. Your church is like a garden. There's four things you have to do to tend a garden. You have to water it. You have to feed it. You have to desnake it. You have to deweed it. Just like your family, you have to water your family with love and encouragement. You have to feed your family with wisdom and faith. You have to desnake them. Uh, desnake them means you have to protect them from evil influence and then you have to de-weed them the things that choke out the joy in their life and choke out the life God's given them you have to remove those things that's the four strategies to be able to not only uh, not only help your garden grow but to help any organization any family any ministry any nonprofit, whatever you're a part of or whatever you're leading so I'm here to help you win walk in wisdom identify your inspiration and navigate through transitional season, seasons I'm Bishop Paul Wondercheck We've had a blast today. We've gone almost 20 minutes. Uh, but listen, Empowered Moments Podcast. This is the first one of 2021. I think it's been pretty good. I pray blessing over you. I pray favor over your life. It's going to be a great day. God bless you.